TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, baby. Welcome into a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, your host, and I say thank God it's Friday because Saturday, tomorrow, is the first day in pads for the 2019 Houston Texans squad. Mark Vandermeer, what does that sound like to you, pads, tomorrow? It sounds like pads popping, baby. They're going to be at it, and I think they're really looking forward to it, actually, because they're football players. They want to hit people. And then on Sunday, they would like a day off, but they're not going to get it. No. And we'll go from there. But everybody wants to see the O-line. Everybody wants to see how the running backs are looking. Everybody wants to see all that contact because, you know, when you get into 11-on-11 in pads – when you complete passes that are of medium to long range, that's really cool stuff. I mean, yep. that, you earned all that yep. as opposed to, you know, when you're seeing them out of pads and there's no real pass rush. And even in pads, they're going to have to hold up, but right. you'll know if they would have gotten there or not. So that's cool. Well, I was watching uh, Last Chance You in the NFL, a little different. But I saw two quarterbacks in a practice of Last Chance You as they were, you know, they would film on. Um, on back-to-back plays that got knocked out of practice because defensive ends came in unblocked and just waylaid them, just knocked them out, just hit them. Yikes. Like, can you imagine if somebody, some rookie just went in and hauled off and hit the shot? Oh, my God. Oh, it would Oh my, It would be anarchy. Complete and total It would be anarchy. unemployment. That's what it would be. Yes, on-the-spot on unemployment. We're going to talk a lot about Deshaun Watson in this first segment. We've got Zach Cunningham on the show. Mark, you caught up with him. Johnson Batamosi caught up with Drew Doherty. We're going to have that. I caught up with Brandon Dunn, so we'll have all that. And if you missed our breakdown of this secondary, you're not going to hear this anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. I'm talking this city or anywhere else. We broke down every single member of the Houston Texans secondary this morning. We'll have that for you if you missed it. I like that. You do not want to miss that because we got through Everybody, you went over your two sentence limit for all these guys, but uh, wow. not too my, by not too much though. Not finable. I'm though. glad I said that. If I said four sentences, I'm <laughs> finable. <laughs> yeah, not finable. You can't do it in two sentences. <laughs> it's not humanly possible. I said that to make you think. <laughs> I, I heard you say Whoa. two sentences or thereabouts. I'm like, you'll what? think those thereabouts. Like, you went for thereabouts. Uh, yeah, I was like, was okay, I can do this in 30 seconds. Uh, Give me a time. But there frame. were so many guys, that. Johnny. Like today, when they were doing the running right uh, across the field. Yeah, they were doing striders. Do, what do they call the groups again? The tanks. Wait, what do they oh, call it's them? Jets, the, tanks, and uh, what, what's oh. the medium range? Bob Bombers. The Bombers. Yeah, That's Jets, the linebackers. Tanks, All right, so the Jets, they had a lot of Jets. A <laughs> I mean, lot. They had a lot of DBs and a lot of receivers. They did. I mean, they had like thousands of guys. Yeah. It felt like it was a lot of players. So the DBs, that, that's my point. The DBs, there are a lot of them, so we had to go bang, 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 hit them all. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you, it's, it's sad because, you know, for these guys, and we don't even feel it really. We can just observe it. They spend so much time together over the next few weeks. Yep. And then after that fourth preseason game, bye-bye. We're down yeah. to 53. Yeah. And it's got to feel like the locker room's empty after that. Because well, 90 get- guys going down to 53, yeah. and you get the 10 practice squad guys, okay. But right. it's just got to feel so different, cavernous, compared to what you're dealing with right now. Well, those blue lockers get moved out. Yeah, and that's, that's big. And that's it, so that's happy things. for those who make it, but you develop bonds with these guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's so hard. I mean, I, you and I talk about this a lot. And for us, in, in the roles that we have, you know, we're not in football ops, but we're in this building every day. And so we're able to foster relationships with the guys because we see them in a cafeteria and we see them in different places. And so 
when when they move on, it's it's different. Like I was watching the NFL Top 100. Of course, they did T. Y. Hilton and they interviewed Kareem Jackson, mm-hmm. and I'm watching going, "Oh, what's up, K. Jack?" And it just it was weird. It's a weird feeling seeing Broncos defensive back because yeah. they put Kareem Jackson underneath number 22. And yesterday they were play, they had a replay of his interview he did with NFL uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio. And he was on with Ed McCaffrey, and I think it was Alex Marvez. And it was just listening to him, and they're asking him about this team. And I'm hearing his voice, which is so familiar. And he's talking about, yeah, Justin Simmons and Chris Harris Jr. And, and Coach Ed, Ed Donatel. And I'm like, it just sounds weird. Yeah. It sounds just so weird He's to such hear a that. staple here. That's why uh, somebody was telling me today that seeing number 25, somebody else wearing yeah, it, is, yeah. is just so bizarre. <laughs> no. And I just think that when you have a player that has that number for so long, right? Have they given have they given out fifty six yet at all? Yes, Who yes. One it? of the linebackers is wearing it. Yeah, it that's weird too. I think it's Wood Woodson Luster. I think that's Don't weird. That. I've that's seen fifty six out there. Look, it was weird enough when not I seen eighty. Have not seen 80. Oh, no. He, Mike Parson will not give out 80. I don't think you'll ever get that no. out unless somebody asks for it and asks Andre for it and he decides to give it to them. I think that way you could see it happen. But you don't see college players wearing 80s anymore. They're all wearing single digits or they're wearing right. numbers in the teens. Yeah, you know, exactly. 12, but it'll like come back because the short shorts are back, Johnny. Yeah, that's true. Short never, shorts are back. A lot of people thought the short shorts would never come back, but here they are. They're back. The guys like the short shorts. I, I, I want to I be a fly on the wall of that conversation. Dre, so this wide receiver from the University of Minnesota wants to wear 80. What do you think? Inter- no way. No way. No, <laughs> no. The, the receiver's going to have to ask Andre for the number. And Andre's going to have to feel really good about that person, right. whoever it is. I, I mean, I could see it happening if it was a receiver from Miami. You know, I could also see uh, Hopkins for one game wanting to wear 80. Ooh. I could see that happening for one game. Interesting. You know. I, it didn't happen during the game where he was honored, but right. I don't even know if you can really. You I don't can't think really you can do that. do that. I don't think you. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed in college. You could do that because Ricky Williams changed his number his final year at Texas to 37 to uh, pay homage to Doak Walker, who had passed away. He got close with Doak Walker, and they were playing in the Cotton Bowl right. where Doak Walker had played when he was at SMU, and he wore 37. Now you can do that in college. You get away with it a little bit more in college, but NFL is like. Nope, you you wear that number. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, he was back at practice. Is that the biggest nugget to take out of today? I, well, it's funny because you and I were on the air when we realized he was going to participate in practice. Yeah, we today. were the first so, ones telling anybody. I, that's the biggest story today, which is great because it's great to see him back, and it's great that that's the big story. Right. This is training camp, and you got to be careful with these guys. But you got to practice football at the same time. Yeah. So injuries, you know, knock wood. I just don't want to see anybody get hurt. I know there are bumps and bruises and other things, but let's just stay focused here on staying healthy. So to have Hopkins come back, the big story, I'm very happy with that. Now, there were some other moments today that I really liked in today's practice, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Players who caught my eye. Here, this player caught okay. my eye today. Yes, players you, that caught Mark Vandermeer's eye. You Go. brought him up. You get more than two sentences. You, <laughs> you're so nice. Oh my gosh, I'll try to reciprocate <laughs> on Monday. Uh, the <laughs> Landry Locker during his questions segment asked us about players or or things that no one's talking about. You brought up AJ McCarron. Right. AJ McCarron. I'll tell you what. This is fun to watch. 
he can play. Yeah, he can throw it. He can play some football. Yeah, he can throw it. And he's out there with the twos, of course. But it looks like he wants to play. Now he doesn't want to. He doesn't think he's going to start. He ahead knows. Of Watson. Yeah. yeah, he knows who he is and he knows what he's here for. But he's not one of these guys that's just sort of on the shelf and uh, my time is passed and right. everything. He wants to catch another team's eye, maybe not for this year, of course, right. but maybe down the line. Who knows? Sure. Look, life is long, and sometimes careers are long, and sometimes you can hang around long enough to get another opportunity somewhere else. And maybe that's what he's looking for. And he's your insurance policy here. But I really enjoyed what I'm talking in circles here i really enjoyed watching him work today he had one touchdown pass that was uh he rolled out scrambled out to the right hit a play i didn't i didn't even see who the receiver was deep in the corner right side of the end zone i thought that was a throw and i was standing right next to sterner and i said clint that throw is it yeah yeah good throw it's good throw (laughs) and obviously you went to the right guy in clint sterner i i'll tell you who caught my eye today and it's interesting because you watched you watched a little bit more of AJ today. I watched a little bit more of D- DW4 today. Yep. I watched Watson today. And I, first of all, I love the approach of Bill O'Brien, Tim Kelly, and this offense and what they're doing. They are not holding back. They had Romeo Cornell sending blitz after blitz after blitz. Gotta I'm telling you, all day. And Deshaun sat back there, looked at it. He'd get up to the line of scrimmage, he'd look at it, point it, make his mic call, get under center, recognize the blitz, zip, zip, zip. Yeah. I mean, he was as on point as I see. He he threw a ball to Darren Fells. Fells was running a crossing route from the left side to the right side. So it was it's kind of one of those where you had man coverage, so in man coverage, you just keep running. Right. Zone, you'd settle up, zone uh man, you yeah, look keep for running. that spot. He's got and I can't remember who it was. He had a linebacker, I'm telling you, right on his, on his hip, on his hip pocket. There's not, there's not eight inches of separation there. And Fells is running, and you can tell his eyes are to a spot where he's going. And he turns his head back, and all of a sudden, boom, the ball. I mean, he literally had to catch it because Deshaun put the ball in such a spot that he had to. Like, he was forced to catch yeah. it. It wasn't those he had to reach. I mean, he put it in a spot only that Fells could make the catch. And I just remember writing down my notebook. I was like, that was a great ball. He did that. I wrote down great ball for maybe three times, four times. I mean, and from him, you know, it's not, okay, that was a good ball. It's like, that's a great throw. Yeah. But they were throwing everything at him. And there was one other time when, when Zach Cunningham came on blitz. And I don't know how many they, they brought. But I think it was maybe five or six. A, the offensive line did a pretty good job of picking it up to give him time. Good. But this time, Zach. Zach got a little leakage. He got through, and he got through pretty quickly. He beat, and I can't remember, it was the guard. I don't remember who the guard was. But he beat the guard pretty quickly, and he was right on Deshaun. And it's one of those plays that we've seen Deshaun make when he gets that linebacker. He kind of ducks under him or ducks around him or tries to beat him. Deshaun stood, saw him, knew he was coming, and just went zip, and just literally just flicked it like a dart throw to somebody on a crosser. Completion, seven-yard completion. Beautiful. Of course, he got tagged down there. And I just watched him all day. And, and what, I, what I really loved about it was I thought back to his first days at the Greenbrier and how much his head had to be spinning. And it wasn't as if he was a bad quarterback, not at all. He just was He was young. He was inexperienced. He had seen all this stuff. He was out there with the threes when they started right. at the Greenbrier. I remembered that day, and I thought about this day. And I went, he is so leaps and, and 
bounds beyond where he was. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable to have the knowledge. And the other thing they did today is they went up tempo, and they went fast. Yeah, they, they went did. You're right. Really fast. I mean, he was back at the line. It was like hit QT completion, spot the ball, and they're all back at the line of scrimmage. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what. And, and Hop was not on the field at that point. So you had no Hop. You had Darren Fells in there, who was who's new. Yep. You had rookie Titus Howard, who was in there. Vincent Smith new. was in there a bunch. You know, Vincent was in there, but obviously Vincent knows the offense a little bit. They were like, bang, 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 a- bang, bang. How about Aikens? I Aikens it. caught a nice ball on a snap. And we were talking about the snap this morning, how the snap's got to be on target. Right. You don't have Nick Martin out there. Right. And you had a snap that was low. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm watching this. And I'm right. thinking, it's low. And there's a they sent I, – I don't know how much of a blitz it was, but there were more – they sent extra people. And he's got to pick up a low snap – and get rid of it, and he does, and it's at least 20, 25 yards to Jordan Akins. And I just thought. And it's on a rope. I know the yes. one you're talking about. It was brilliant. Yeah, and I thought, well, as the brilliant. ball was in the air, I'm like, well, there's no way. Well, here we go. And how many times do I say that? When when do you believe? You, yeah. it, you, this guy is a really terrific quarterback, yep. and he's just starting out. Yep. You know, I think we get lulled to sleep with Mahomes, MVP, first full year. Yeah. Uh, Watson, what he did in the six and a half games his rookie year. You know, give it a minute here. He's going to get better. Right. He's going to get even better. You know, you the biggest mistake I always say this we make in sports is by thinking that, and look, not not that anybody thinks Watson is anything but really good, but a lot of people looked at last year, and I remember the debate on 610, was it a great season or just an okay season? Right. Listen, whatever it was, he'll continue to improve because right. he's got the goods and he's got the work ethic to go with it. It's going to be good. Yeah, no doubt. A guy that flashed for me. Uh, defensively, two guys did, and two guys we'll talk about later. So, want, so I'll only go a couple sentences on them. But AJ Moore <laughs> had a pick on a deep ball. That I saw that. I I was. And standing, we were just talking about him this morning. I know. I watched that ball come down. And I was like, that's the hardest thing for a defensive back to do. Tracking the ball down the field like receivers. That's why guys play receiver because they can do that. Defensive backs. Part of the reason they play defensive back is because they can't do that. And he did. And he made a great interception, and everybody went nuts. It was great. And Bradley Roby made another play. He made he had a pick six today. The receiver ran the wrong route. Bill O'Brien confirmed that afterwards. He it, again, it was a blitz. Receiver didn't read it right. Deshaun mm. threw, and that's one of those where interceptions are always on the quarterback, but they're not always on the quarterback. Right. That was one of those that wasn't his. O'Brien said that for two reasons. Didn't want to throw Watson under the bus. Right. And he didn't want to give anybody too much credit or blame. Right. You know what I mean? He wanted to – he did take out the receiver, but he didn't mention him by name. Right. And, and I won't either. What's that? And I won't either. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. And this right. is when you want to do that. Not that you ever want to do that, but you want to do it now as opposed right. to later in a game. So, Absolutely. So you learn from that mistake and you move on. And this is the stuff they're going through in the walkthrough room and everything. Look, you saw this. You right. need to do th- Okay, got it now. And everybody's entitled to make a mistake. The key thing in all of life is to not make the same mistake twice. No doubt. And that's what that's, – I, in fact, put that in my Harris hits, my observations. I said, that's what practice is for. You yeah. blow it. It happens. Don't mm-hmm. let it happen again, especially don't let it happen again. But Bradley Roby made that pick. And, and that's the one thing I love is that if you're in zone coverage, you got your eyes back on the quarterback, you got a feel for whatever zone you're in, and you see the hand come off the ball, you break. And Roby broke, caught that ball a few inches off the ground, and it took off. I, I just li- I like the fact that he's making plays. This could be a camp. much better pickup than people think. Johnny, how many career games has he missed? Oh, boy, that's a good question. One. 
The one against us. Yeah. And he didn't w- play against and, us. And what uh, what big game did he win in his career? Now he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You realize he's the only Texan with a Super Bowl ring. Is he really? Yeah. He's the only Texan yeah, but we with got a Super college Bowl national championships We've to got burn. that. We've got that down. Mark, appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up next, Zach Cunningham, Johnson Batamosi, and Brandon Dunn. We dive deep on the defensive side of the ball next. Texans All Access. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. Hope your weekend has gotten off to a great start. I know for us it was great because there was football. Training camp day number two. Welcome back to Texans All Access on this Friday evening. I'm your host, John Harris, sitting in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. We just heard from Mark Vandermeer. Had a great segment with him talking about what we saw. If you want to read what we saw and what I saw, go check out my Harris Hits, a.k.a. my Observations, Go to my Twitter feed, at JHarrisFootball, or go to the Texans feed. we got all kinds of great stuff up on the Texans Twitter feed that you want to go check out or whatever social media you are into. If it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's InstaFace, whatever, we've, we've got you taken care of. So if you want to read what I had to say, a good three and a half pages. It wasn't old school observations, but there's a lot going on uh, that I got a chance to see. So I wanted to give that to the fans, and the fans will be able to come out next week when team has gotten truly acclimated to the heat. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment. Inside today, as they were outside the full day yesterday, we had anticipated that they would probably go half half days. They would go half in, half out on a day, and then half in, half out. But Thursday was a pretty nice day, relatively speaking, given Houston standards. So they just stayed out all day on Thursday and then decided to go in all day on Friday. So it was good. It was not disruptive to get all 90 players and staff and everybody back out to the bubble, out of the bubble or into the bubble. It kind of worked out that way. But tomorrow, full pads, looking forward to that. Now, three guys on defense that we'll all have our eyes on, not only this year, but during the rest of the training camp, preseason games, etc. Zach Cunningham, Johnson Batamosi, and DJ Dunny, a.k.a. Brandon Dunn. I had a chance to go 40 yards with my man Brandon Dunn, and here it is, the 40, with me and DJ Dunning. All right, day two of training camp. It's time to go another 40 yards with my man Brandon Dunn, a.k.a. DJ Dunny. How you doing? How you doing, man? I'm good. I don't know if I'm running 40 yards after that practice. No, you don't don't have to run 40 yards. You can just walk with me. But I'll ask you, now defensive linemen don't like to talk about this. Some of them do. What was your best all-time 40-yard dash time? Man, nobody is going to believe me, but my pro day – I ran a 4.97. I got down to like 2.97. Trained real hard about it. I was uh, locked in on it. Yeah. My first time I ran a, my first time was a 5.13, and then I really stumbled out the gate. And then my yeah. next one was a 4.97. None of my homies believe me, but it was it's on it, it's it's booked in a little bit my pro day. So I'm happy about that one. It is absolutely booked at your pro day because I have seen it somewhere on the internet. The internet says it's true. Then it's true. Oh, there's man. No, oh, there's look, no question. You can't believe about everything that. that's on the internet. Well, okay. <laughs> best album, best new album you heard this summer. And what album and what tunes are you going to be playing in the locker room after we get done? Man, the best album I've heard this whole summer. You can literally, so are we talking about one through whatever number it is you can listen to? Whatever, you, it's your game. You do it. You call it. I mean, I really don't have one this summer. That J. Cole album, that, that K.O.D. he released, yeah. I'm still listening to it constantly. That's a good one. So I'm going to have to skip this summer and go back a little bit. That's if fine. Okay, if you'll take that. I got that on my iPod. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. There you go. I saw and I've seen, Brandon, a lot of guys, a lot of veterans talking to a lot of rookies. You're kind of in that role now where you're a vet. You've been around. You've yeah. seen some young guys. How valuable is it for the rookies to have a guy like you 
that can provide some veteran experience for them and kind of impart some wisdom onto them. I mean, it's very valuable because the, the veterans been through it. They've been where you were. They've been where they are at now. You know what I'm saying? Um, give them tips on how to, you know, guide them through this whole process because this is strenuous and a tough process. Camp, a professional camp is it's, it's very tough. So all the advice you can get from the veteran is like finding gold. If you weren't playing defensive line, I could say you can play any position on the field, not quarterback. What position would oh, you want to play? Wide, wide receiver. I'm going deep. If I was, look, if I was 6'3", 200, and I ran a 4'3", you better check me. I'm going deep every time. I'm Will Filler. <laughs> there he is. DJ Dunning. Brandon, you're the best, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I love it. He called himself Will Fuller. <laughs> That's fantastic. I tried to give Donnie a touchdown last year because I thought he recovered the fumble against the Colts in week four, but it was actually Clowney who had it. I thought, I thought Brandon came out of the, the, the pile with the ball, so I thought he had the touchdown, but it was actually Clowney who came up with a touchdown. But Brandon Dunn, instrumental on this defensive line. Now, at the linebacker level, so that's first level. Let's go to the second level. Zach Cunningham, a guy that I don't think many people are talking about, and I think that's an absolute shame. But he had a chance to spend some time with Mark Vandermeer, and Mark started off with, he didn't really sell me out, but we've been talking about this whole Madden rating thing for Zach, the fact he's a 76. What did Zach have to think about that? All right, so Zach, I hate to start here, but there was some talk about your Madden rating being really off. Do you know about this? I know a little bit about it. I had a couple friends uh, send it to me. It was you know, a little surprising to me, but... It's Madden, so what can you what can you do? Is there a lot of locker room talk about that kind of thing just for fun? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, guys don't always agree with their ratings, so we always talking about. It. I know you guys are always talking about where you went to college and how the college teams are doing. You know, um, there's a lot of trash talk about you know guys that went to different colleges, like guys who played each other. You know, just the other day we were uh, having discussions about SEC teams. Mm-hmm. You know, being that I went to Vandy, I get a lot of you know. Got a lot of guys, you know, on my back about it. But, you know, it's all part of football. It's all part of the game. Fun and funny games in the locker room. Helps us, you know, get through, become close as a team. Now that Andre Hal retired, you're the lone Vandy guy yeah, on the I'm roster. Yeah, guy here now. Yeah, <laughs> holding it strong for Vandy. <laughs> Was that a surprise to you when he announced that? Yeah, you know, I talked to him about it. You know, he had his own reasons for uh, why he decided to do it. You know, I respect his decision. Tell me, how's it going for you so far? We're just a few days in here to training camp. What's it like for right. you? Oh, yeah, for me, you know, just getting back acclimated to, you know, back into the game. You know, tomorrow we're starting with pads, I'm pretty sure. So being able to get back to that, getting back with the guys, it's a great experience for me. What about the competition between offense and defense? I mean, clearly you guys are teammates, but you're trying to beat each other out here. So what's that like? Right, it's just a competition, helping each other to get better. And every day we bring that out here on the field. So every day to be able to do that is a, a win for us. Do you ever tell an offensive player, hey, uh, you're giving this away to me, you're giving me a tell, or do they help you with that sort of thing? Yeah, it goes both ways. Guys have you know, different tips that they give, you know, things that they see and you, know, you might not be able to see on the you know, other side of the ball. Do you like being in here in the bubble? We talk about the weather and getting acclimated. Yesterday was really nice, unseasonably cool. Yeah, we did have some nice weather yesterday. It was pretty crazy. I was kind of hoping we were back outside today. Thanks a lot for joining us, Sam. All right, no problem. Thank you. So let's get to the third level of the defense, that being the defensive backs and Johnson Batamosi and the Dirty Dozen with Drew Darty. Okay, we got Johnson Batamosi here, defensive back, special teamer, jack of all trades. Stanford X, you're one of many on this team. What's your best football trait? I mean, my speed is definitely something that's elite, I think, and so I think that's a good trait of mine. What's the must-pack <laughs> item for training camp? Must-pack item. I brought a book with me. It's called what? Becoming. It's, it's a good one. Okay, you always got a book going? I try. Which teammate talks the most trash? 
I talk a lot of trash. And so I don't, I don't know who can match my tempo, but I would say me. I've seen you on punt coverage, and I see a lot of times you're, you're kind of gigging guys on the other team. Some of it looks playful. Some of it looks serious. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all fun and games and what do they call it, gamesmanship. It's part of the game. Anybody in particular here on this team that you mess with more than anybody else? Me and Deshaun tend to have conversations when we're on the opposite field. He says, this is the mic, and, you know, sometimes I want to be the mic. So I say, no, I'm the mic. Or I see he, he's scanning the field and looks what the corners are doing, and I make eye contact with him, and we have our little side conversations. But, yeah. It's good to know. Okay, what's a typical breakfast for you? Eggs, oatmeal, fruit, water. You scrambled eggs guy? Scrambled eggs. Maybe some tea. Favorite retired NFL player is? Wow. That's that's tough. That's tough. I think Dale Green is uh, is, a, is from Houston, played for the, the Redskins for maybe 20 years, Hall of Famer. I'd also say maybe a Jackie Slater. Both great football players, but uh, also great men that I've met. Ed Reed, I'm, I'm a Maryland guy, so loved watching him play for years, and he's a great man as well. Too many to name. Those are three good ones, man. You went back, you had some recency there with Ed Reed. That's yeah. a, I like that list. It's solid. Okay, best hair on the Texans belongs to? Best hair on the Texans, I would say the wide receiver coach. Best hair. John Perry? Yes, John Perry has the best hair on the Texans. Okay, tidiest Texan is? I think, Des- I mean, I-, I don't look at his locker, but I look at what he's wearing, and he's pretty clean, Deshaun. Who's the messiest? You know, when I come in the building, my locker is clean. During the middle of the day, there might be, you know, a couple things here and there, but I try to clean it up by the end of the day. So That's a good non-answer. You kind of you put it on yourself, but you didn't. Uh-huh. You didn't want to go towards Bernardrick McKinney because he's kind of the, the guy that gets it. Named by all your other teammates. Well, he's a middle linebacker, so you got to be a little nasty as a middle linebacker. And then he got guy, he has guys in front of him in the trenches, so part of their job. But I mean, I know myself better than than others. So teammate that amps you up the most, gets you the most excited. AJ Moore. He's making plays, and I'm excited for him. And when I make plays, he's excited for me. And we're pretty close buddies. So I said. And it's really no surprise that he's one of the guys. You're one of the guys he talks about. You guys were so much better on coverage than this team was in the years prior. Well, I mean, I, I really can't speak on prior years, but I know we uh, we got a great group and we have a lot of fun and uh, we work hard and uh, we just try to show up on the field. So AJ is the teammate that amps you up the most. Who's the teammate that calms you down? Aaron Colvin. Aaron Colvin. Yeah. What's he do? We just we talk about everything. We talk about everything from ball to life to family to. Uh, what we're thinking to what we, you know, might have done on our time off. And so we just have a lot of great conversations. Where'd you go on your time off? I got to spend a lot of time at home. So I'm from, uh, born in Washington, D.C., grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. So got to go back to my high school, Gonzaga College High School, and spend some time there. Got to go see some of my old coaches and teachers. And so was excited about that. If 10-year-old Johnson Batamosi saw what you were doing right now, how would he react, you think? A 10-year-old, I think I started playing football when I was about... 10 years old right before I turned 11 and so I probably I don't know if I'd believe it I don't know if I believe it coming from where I came from coming all the way to Houston Texans still playing football at 29 years old almost almost 20 years later so uh, 
I'd, I'd be proud. Favorite TV show now is? That, that's tough. I haven't watched as much TV lately. There's a there's a girl that went to Stanford. Her name is Issa Rae, and she's put a couple shows on HBO. And so she's probably my favorite director, but she creates a bunch of great stuff. You go to school with her at Stanford? Uh, I just missed her. I just missed her, but she has a show on HBO called Insecure, a show called Awkward Black Girl. They're both amazing, amazing shows. They're very relatable. So. so that's what you'd watch now. What was your favorite show when you were growing up? Favorite show when I was growing up, I loved Rugrats. Last one, what's the favorite part of training camp? My favorite part of training camp is when, like, after our super hard practice, like, taking that walk back to the locker room, being able to just relax and, like, get a shower and then get some, like, alone time. I'd say that's those are some of my favorite parts of training camp. In addition to doing a 12 questions interview right before all that, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnson Batamosi, thank you for the time. Best of luck through camp for the rest of the season. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Hope that was good. Uh, Johnson, you said Rugrats. Of course it was good. Come on, man. Are you serious? Now, we're going to keep with this theme of the defensive backs we get back. This morning, Mark put me on the spot and said, we're breaking down by position everybody in the secondary. Now, I didn't get everybody done because he put a two-sentence limit on me. If you put a one-sentence limit on me, I might have made it, but he gave me two, and I sort of stretched that. But I will break down this entire secondary next right here on Texas All Access. One final segment of this Friday edition of Texans All Access. Now, we will not be live on the air Saturday or Sunday. There will be practices. So we will have all kinds of stuff for you on HoustonTexans.com, on our Twitter feed, on our Instagram page, on our Facebook page. What other social media is there? We'll have it. We will have it there for you. We'll have everything that we give you and have given you Thursday and Friday. My my Harris Hits, you'll have uh, deep, you'll have plenty of stories. Drew will have stories. We'll have interviews with the players. We'll have our training camp today video, which is fantastic. It kind of wraps everything up. So we'll have all that. Oh, and tomorrow morning before practice, we will have an Arctic Cooler Talk with Drew Doherty and myself. So if you have questions that we haven't answered or something we haven't talked about or you're curious about, we will have that for you at 8.30. I believe that's the time. I think that's what we came to. 8.30 tomorrow morning on Saturday. So no live radio, no all-access Saturday and Sunday, but we're going to have all kinds of stuff, written stuff, audio, video. We have you covered for the first couple days in pads, and then we'll be back on the bump Monday morning. Mark and I will with Texans training camp live from 8 to 10, and then all access from 6 to 7 that night. Now, on our Texas training camp live show today, we are breaking down a position each and every day. Now, in the past, we've had an individual with us to help break that down. We don't have that individual this year, so we decided let's do it ourselves. And so I told Mark, let's dive into the two groups right off the bat that everybody has asked about, offensive line and secondary. So Thursday we did offensive line. Today we talked about the secondary. And I discussed nearly every player in the secondary. You'll hear Mark really kind of only give me a couple of sentences. But I got I feel like I gave you enough to chew on. And the last guy I hit on was A.J. Moore, who had one heck of a day. Check this out from this morning. Ready? And then we'll elaborate later. Do you know how hard that is? I know. I know. know how hard that is for me. I'm sure your English teacher in elementary school, middle school was like, be concise, Johnny. No, I was. You don't have to tell me. Don't give me the schematic of how proof rock got it done. No, you no, don't I, do that. I didn't do that. In, how many in people high got the proof rock reference? Three people. Thank you, but you enjoyed it. All right, Bradley Roby, cornerback, go. 
I thought yesterday looked pretty good. Made a nice play in the back corner of the end zone, knocking the ball away. He's he's key to this defense. Let's just come out and say it. Bradley Roby has got to be a player for this defense. All right, got let me to. let me go, J. Joe on the other side. Okay, go. Oh, J. Joe on the other side. Look, he's he's the veteran who knows all. He sees all. He is the all-knowing omniscient. He knows exactly what's coming at all times. He reads splits of the wide receiver. He knows the routes. He knows these guys inside and out. Who does every player tell us they go to the sideline and talk to first? Offense, defense, or special teams? Who's that guy? It's Jonathan Joseph. That's how valuable he is in this team. You know, Johnny, looking at this, you realize just how – knew these guys are how inexperienced some of them are yeah. i mean roby's in his sixth year right and you mentioned jay joe in his 14th great and colvin is not inexperienced but he has yet to really plant a flag here with right. this secondary but what about him trying to make it in the slot well it was interesting watching yesterday with the condensed red zone work that they were doing and colvin was in the slot i thought he looked as good as i've seen him look he looked sharp uh, in in the slot because when you're trying to work things down in a condensed red zone, I mean that slot that that slot. I mean, think of the Philadelphia game. I mean, he's on Zach Ertz and Ertz is so good at running those routes. It's like bang, 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 and he's he's open. So Colvin, I thought looked much better in that realm where they've got to be really good this year. So I thought he looked really good yesterday. So hopefully he continues that. Young Bucks, Lonnie Johnson. Oh. We talked about him earlier. Six two two thirteen. You're not joking either. When he was walking he's in big. today, I just thought. Gosh, oh. that guy's a massive cornerback, and you just want him to make it so much. He's a second-round pick. He's a rookie. He's got a lot to learn, but what do you think? Think about this. He's bigger than any safety we have. Any but safety. It, any safety we have. Yeah. So, if wow. you could, he, look, he doesn't have to run 4-4 because his length and his size help make up for it, and he can be very, very physical. But I know a lot of people have talked about, uh, I heard uh, Seth and Shaw talking about this morning, about Lonnie Johnson with the pick yesterday where Bill O'Brien talked yep. to him the play before, and then he comes up with, with the pick, which, again, that goes to can a guy be coachable out in the field? That was great news to hear that Lonnie Johnson was getting coached up and then making plays right after that. If he can, if, if he can play an ounce Man, I'm telling you how frustrating that is for receivers that, that, you know, especially big receivers. If you can't get separation, that big dude is all in your grill. A lot of times the big receivers are taking advantage of short guys. Yeah. You're not going to take advantage of a guy that size. Get the ball high and away. Xavier Crawford, the other rookie, draft choice from Central Michigan. Man, I'm telling you, I saw him on a route yesterday, crossing route from the other side. It was on the left side of the field going all the way across to the right side of the field, which is a monster to cover for inside guys, especially if you've got just a shade outside leverage, and he did. Crawford got in the hip pocket and was all the way across. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Stevie Mitchell. He was in his hip pocket all the way across the field. And whoever was that, I think it may have been AJ at quarterback, had to throw it basically out of bounds to keep it away from Crawford and to give Mitchell any chance of catching it was incomplete. But I'm telling you, Crawford, how far was that? 40 yards basically across the field. Crawford is in the hip pocket of one of the fastest guys on this team. He's going to be really fun to watch. In the preseason games, I'm going to have my eyes on 28. All right, a name that hey, this guy got significant playing time, and not in terms of volume, but in a significant game, Deontay Burton, who played against the Eagles for this squad last year. He's 6'2", 205, so you want to talk size. He's got yeah. it, and we'll see if he can make it. Yeah, he just needs experience. He was a wide receiver in college, and then he got to the Falcons, I believe it was, and they said, no, 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 you're a corner. That's what we need you to be. We need you to be a corner. And, you know, just as an aside on that note, you know, one of the things that, you know, with the, with the Texans, I don't know that we've done that a whole lot, where we've taken a guy that played a particular offensive position and then we're converting him to a defensive position, but Burton is a guy that 
look, he can argue how successful it is, but when you saw him at corner in, Phil- in the Philadelphia game, he, it wasn't horrible. He just wasn't experienced. He never played out there. Mm-hmm. So seeing him on the field, he's he's like Lonnie. I mean, if you see those two on the field together at the same time, you're like, holy smokes, these guys are large. All right, so Brian Body Calhoun. Love him. Absolutely yeah. love him. All right, I, so you know I've been a fan of him. Slot outside, what is he? Or does he have to do both? He's more a slot safety, I think, than anything else. I think he could help you at safety. They because listed he's a, a very, corner. I know, but he's a very good tackler. But to me... Mark, I, I, I saw Jeff Collins from Georgia Tech say this yesterday. He was quoted saying, depth chart does more harm than good. Mm-hmm. I think the roster does too because fans start thinking, because what's oh, yeah. Titus Howard listed as? What's he listed as? Uh, Titus Howard, I believe he's listed as a tackle. Titus Howard is listed he as is. a tackle. Okay. What is Jadeveon Clowney listed as? Jadeveon well, Clowney's listed as Defensive end, outside linebacker. Yes. Yeah, I got to ask you, like, what positions do you play? Like, to me, Front seven. Brian Body Calhoun is the perfect slot corner. Like, that position was made for him. But you don't see slot corner on there, do you? No. Slot no. cover man. Yeah. So, you, I mean, that you know, the nickel, the slot, however you want to put it, that, that position needs to be on a depth chart. It needs to be on a roster because that, to me, is his position. That's what he plays. Johnson Batamosi. Special teams. Of course, special teams. But I saw him out there yesterday. Look, he's going to go and compete. You know he, he, you know he's going to know what to do. I mean, Brendan Scarlett told me yesterday, he's like, man, Stanford guys. He's like, yeah, you Stanford guys. They know what to do. And Johnson is a really intelligent guy. And Johnson Batamosi uh, got me yelled at by Bill O'Brien, so I always am mad at him for that. But I'm glad he's here on our special teams. Why did you get yelled at? Because he picked off Brock Osweiler in the Detroit game oh. right before the half. And that got me yelled at by Bill. Because <laughs> it was all your ones. fault. It was all my fault, of course. I get it. I understand completely. All right, breaking down the defensive backs here. Let's go to the safety spot. And oh, yeah. We've talked about Justin Reed all offseason long. Entering his second year, he's on the NFI after the car accident, but he's going to be okay to play. And, boy, we're all eager to see the sophomore season, the encore performance yep. of that rookie campaign. Boy, he is a big-time player. I mean, the things that you learn as a rookie. I remember NFL Films had – had a boom mic uh, during the, I think it was either the playoff game or the December game against the Colts. And Anthony Midget, secondary coach, he's standing in front of Justin Reed, and I think it was Andre Howe. And he looked at both of them. He's looking at Reed basically. He said, look, you can't give away your disguise on this guy. And he's talking about it against Andrew Luck. He's like, if you give away your disguise too early, then Luck's going to kill you. And that's just the little thing you start, you, you learn as a young guy. You get more patient. Like, hey, I know I've got deep third or I've got a deep half, or, hey, I'm moving into the box, I'm motion. You know all those things. So you can start to kind of not play games, but you can start to um, anticipate those things and kind of deal with them and show maybe some disguises that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show like this, but I know I'm going to get back here. But you can be more patient, but you learn those things in your second, third, fourth year. One of my favorites is Jets' Jamal Adams. That's what he's doing. Yep. And I think Justin Reed is going to learn along those lines to kind of play the game sort of like him. To Sean Gibson, they signed them away from the Jaguars. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. The domino effect of Jacksonville not taking a quarterback at 17 or 18 forced them to go spend money on Nick Foles. And because they spent money on Nick Foles, they had to get rid of Sean Gibson. Let's take him. He covers tight ends extremely well. I focused on that a little bit yesterday. He's so good with the tight ends. He never gets bumped off. It doesn't matter who he's on. He's so strong in the upper body. He doesn't get bumped off the route. I, I really like I think he's bringing a lot to his defense. Jaleel Adai. Well, with no Justin Reed, Jaleel's been a guy that you know, stepped in next to Deshaun Gibson yesterday. Yep. And when you can put a trusty veteran in there 
a guy that's been around and seen it, and a guy that, how about this, in the playoff game against Baltimore, the Chargers played seven defensive backs, and guess who played inside linebacker in that game? Jalil Adai. So you love the versatility. So when you get Reed back, you've got a guy on a die that you can do a lot of different things with. Remember the role that Eddie Pleasant used to play for this team? Yep. That's what Jaleel Dye can do for this team. Probably a bit more athletic in doing it, but that's what Jaleel Dye can do. All right, so these are the three safeties we've been talking about. There's no Andre Hall anymore. There's no Kareem Jackson option anymore. There's no Tyron Matthews. So who's the next guy up? A.J. Moore, who led the team in special team stops. Is it Austin Exford, Chris Johnson? Who do you think is the next guy on that depth chart who could possibly help this team? I wrote down number 33 at least three or four times yesterday in coverage. In coverage, and that would be A.J. Moore. And I I was watching him in coverage yesterday. Like, boy, he's he's covering really well today. And I can imagine when you look, he was a waiver claim when he got here last year. So he's learning the defense all the while going over on special teams and just killing people. I mean, yep. just being a great player on special teams. So he's had the whole year to learn the defense, had the whole off season to kind of consume it, and now he's kind of putting it together. I like what he looks like. I think AJ can be a can be a factor in one of those safety spots. If guys get dinged up, obviously he's learned from some key veterans back there with Deshaun Gibson and Jaleel Dye. I think that's the best thing that could happen for A.J. Moore. You can go check out my Harris Hits where I talk a little bit more about what A.J. Moore did today. Great interception. Tremendous picture up on our Twitter feed. If you want to go look at that, I think we posted that about, oh, I don't know, about 3.30 today, I believe. And you see a picture of A.J. Moore running off the ball in his hand. That was after the interception. And the great thing about it was the entire defense, who you don't see in the picture, is following him, chasing him all the way down the field because they were so excited. I'm telling you, it was a whale of a play. A whale of a play. Listen, whether A.J. Moore can make this team or not, he's really giving it a great bit. They claimed him on waivers last year, and he played on special teams. And what I loved about it was that he didn't, he whined, he didn't complain. I mean, obviously he's a rookie, but he, but he knew his place. He's like, look, if i got to play special teams, that's fine. You know, I'll, maybe I'll find my time on defense in and, and some other way. But he's had a whole off, he had a whole season to digest the defense. He had a whole offseason to digest it, went through the offseason, kind of picking things up. You could tell he, he feels fairly comfortable. He looks comfortable. Maybe not, but, I mean, he looks that way. So he's given them some really good opportunities in that secondary. Now, they're – there are some guys that uh, we probably didn't get a chance to talk to. I think Mark got through as many of them as we, we possibly could. But there will be more time to talk about a few of the other guys. A.J. Hendy would be a guy that we would have to talk about at safety. Big guy. I mean, whew, wow. And then a couple of rookies we probably didn't talk too much about. But, you know, the, the rookies, I don't know how much love they're supposed to get. So we'll kind of keep that under wraps, so to speak. But, uh, it's been a good couple of days, I think, for the secondary. And I, and I love to watch the secondary on the sideline because Jonathan Joseph does an incredible job using his veteran presence with these guys. And look, I think Anthony Midget and Danton Lynn are, are tremendous coaches in the secondary. They both played it. They played it in college. They played it at a high level in college. They coach it. I think they relate to the players. I think they have a really good, calm, easy manner with them. But then you've got, then you've got Coach Joseph back there who – the players respect so much, and not just the secondary guys, everybody. And so it's great to see him sharing that knowledge. So uh, the secondary, get it done. Hopefully they'll continue to do that. Green Bay will be a great test for that group. No question. A great test 
for that group. Big thanks to Mark for stopping by, to Zach Cunningham, to Johnson Batamosi, to Brandon Dunn, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We will see you on Monday. But remember, don't forget all the great stuff we have for you at HoustonTexans.com, all of our social media channels with what happens on the first two days in pads. Make sure you check that out. We'll see you then, everybody. And as always, go Texans.